I never said help us. <laughs> What's the best line out of a movie? <laughs> what is going on, everybody? This is the Midnight Terrors podcast, episode six. My name's Kevin. I'm here with. Wait for it. You're I know what he's going to call me. You're here with Bucky, and you're here with diamonds and this is midnight terror that is your shtick i want to record that and make that like my ringtone whenever you call me (laughs) so what's going on everybody we're back with episode six of the midnight terrors podcast i hope you enjoyed the nice two-parter episode with mr j himself our good friend yeah dude that was a fun. That was some crazy stuff on uh, on the this or that episode. So those was. were a lot of it fun. Was, it was difficult stuff, but it was fun. Yeah, I should have known better than to think that that would be like a 30, 40, 40 minute episode. Yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> and I've started to use a quote from Mister J, where I say, "I'm thankful we live in a world where I can do X, <laughs> Y, and Z." If someone's like. This or that, you got to choose one. And I say, well, I'm thankful I live in a world where I can do both. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think that's, I think that's Mr. J's uh, new favorite line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm he, yeah. thankful, thankful to be in a world where I can do both. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, huge shout out to Mr. J for jumping on. We definitely look forward to having him again. Uh, but in the meantime, Diamond Jason, let's uh, let's talk about a movie, shall we? What movie are we going to talk about? So I promise this whole show isn't going to be uh, Jason makes Kevin watch XYZ, but there was a lot of <laughs> movies we wanted to get out of the way that Jason has been recommending to me for years now. So uh, we're just starting with some of those. Uh, we're going to talk about a little movie from the 90s that we may have mentioned in a previous episode. We're talking about From Dust Till Dawn. Well, so here's the situation. If you had listened to me back when I told you to watch them, then you'd already be studied up on them. <laughs> oh, trust me. When I watched, I studied up plenty, dude. <laughs> But you're just now getting to these because you have to, because of the podcast. Yeah, there's that. It's fine. There's yeah, no problem. Better better late than never, right? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long (laughs) as you watch them. Hey, but what's yeah? But what's more important than me just finally getting around to watching them is that I loved the shit out of this movie. Well, and you love the shit out of just about every movie that I recommend to you. Not. 100%, but I would say 90%. For the most part, I'm now drawing a blank on... I'd have to think of something that you recommended to me that I actually really hate it, but (laughs) I'm sure that there's at least one, and I know for sure I've recommended something to you that you hate. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, Uh, but but yeah, dude, from dust to... for the most part, this... uh, Well, especially this one was uh, very mutual... Yeah, dude, From Dust Till Dawn was a good-ass time, and, you know, I wish I would have watched this before my venture into Carolina Fear Fest um, back in the end of May, uh, because I met Mr. Tom Savini, Sex Machine himself. Yeah. Um, funny story about that, though, is that 
since I had never seen From Dust Till Dawn, and I posted that I was going to Carolina Fear Fest and that Tom Savini was one of the guests, somebody else left a comment on my page and said, <laughs> get, a, <laughs> get a picture with Sex Machine. And I thought for sure that had to be a typo. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was so confused as to what they were talking about. And then you chimed in and were explaining to me that that was Tom Savini's character's name. Right. And in my head, I was like, that's a vampire movie. Why the fuck is his name Sex Machine? <laughs> and now I understand why. <laughs> so, um, the the interesting thing about From Dust Till Dawn is if you go into it not knowing anything about it, uh, like, what is your initial thought on it? Like, because you could argue that it's v- two very different movies. Yeah, like, it's... Basically, um... the first half and the second half are two completely different things. Yeah, so, it's it's kind of weird how well they actually flow together. Uh, right. Because, so, I, I asked you this after I watched the movie and before we were started recording this episode. I asked you how this movie was marketed because I knew From Dust Till Dawn as just a straight vampire movie. So turning it on on HBO, I was met with just a straight hour of no vampires whatsoever. There's like just these two, it's like a 70s grindhouse movie for the first hour. Right. And and a very good one at that. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, as much as I enjoy the vampires in this, I actually kind of like the first half of the movie better than the second half. They're both um, they're both great, but I I would have been okay if the movie had stayed in the the tone of the first half. Well, you know what's funny about it is um when you which you haven't you haven't watched Grindhouse. No. Correct. So Grindhouse, you know, is Rodriguez and Tarantino together doing their thing and and they made, was that was that before or after from dust till dawn this is after okay so you get one very stylized movie in uh in this genre and then you get another very stylized movie in another genre um and that's what that's what from dust till dawn does yeah uh it's you're watching the first half and you think you're watching a tarantino movie like you think you're watching mm-hmm. um uh, you know something that he's done and then it switches over to a rodriguez film um which is over the top and well they're both over the top but um Tarantino. It's, it's it's funny you say that though about the Rodriguez portion of the film because I told you this also. I never thought of Robert Rodriguez as like 
someone who would do something like vampires, I I spent the first half of this movie being like, why do I know this director's name? What do I know of his work? Because I know I've seen something. He's the fucking Spy Kids guy. Yeah, and we were yeah, <laughs> we were laughing about that the other yeah, day. That and kills me that yeah, that and, that's what and, I know him for. But then he's got this before Spy Kids. He's doing something like this and something like Grindhouse, and then two thousands come around, and he's like, I just want to make a kids movie. Yeah, er, early Rodriguez was uh, Desperado, which again you still need to watch on my um, list. Um, and then Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and then he does uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, um, which I think From Dusk Till Dawn was uh, earlier. It was right after Desperado, but um, but yeah, he he does all of these like crazy, uh, just action, bloody horror flicks and everything and then you turn around and he's doing spy kids movies and doing yeah that shark kills boy me. <laughs> and then doing shark boy versus lava girls like what, what oh god what? that was robert rodriguez too yeah i think so Ugh, never even honest. never even sat through it if that's true <laughs> i i know all the i know all the spy kids were and i i think yeah. shark boy versus love girl was too oh, i remember being a kid and being like well that's se- looking at shark boy and lava girl and being like well that seems like a like a bad ripoff of like spy kids in general but spy kids 3 in particular right yeah so yeah it's interesting so, but- the trajectory of of his career do we know what he does now like is he still making movies oh yeah um i can't tell you i can probably pull it up now because um, i haven't heard anything of his work past spy kids and spy kids has long been not a franchise anymore yeah i can't think of anything super recent but i can pull it up now um but so because we're talking about from dust till dawn and Rodriguez has a crazy, crazy career. Um, you left out Machete, man. Oh, God, I can't <laughs> believe it. How did you miss I, that one? You love Machete. I love, I love Machete. Um, and Machete Kills. Both of them were great. That's the ultimate... Um, just over the top, just ridiculous. Holy shit, I have seen a recent movie of his. I did not know this was directed by him because this is not at all in the same style of movie that I'm familiar with. He directed Alita Battle Angel. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never would have guessed that that was Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, and I actually like that one, too. Me, too. I've never read the the manga that that's based off of, but I, yeah, I loved Alita Battle Angel. I yeah. thought that was a lot of fun. I didn't, and I bet that's uh, that's one of uh, the animes that the hardcore fans loved. They would be like, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Just because it's not the original, or it's not as good as the comic, or whatever. Apparently, he's um, got a new movie coming out um, sometime soon called 
Hypnotic. It's going to be okay. a science fiction action thriller starring Ben Affleck. Cool. So uh, interested to see how that goes. It says a detective becomes entangled in a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program while investigating a string of impossible high-end heists. So he's still hmm. pretty true to his roots. Yeah, man. Like I, He's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's cool, um, man. Not not just the kids' movies. Um, well, the kids' movies are almost out of... I was looking at his filmography. The kids' movies are almost out of place compared to everything else. Yeah, everything else is uh, usually pretty brutal and... I like it. <laughs> so, so um, because we're... And I, I love Rodriguez, but because we're talking uh, from dusk till dawn on this one... What, uh, at what point were you wrapped in? <laughs> like, I like, would... scene, like scene one in the gas station, you were wrapped? Yeah, it didn't take too long before I just got sucked in. Um, honestly, the part where I got really sucked in it's not going to be the quote I said at the beginning. Um, sorry if I blew anyone's eardrums out with that, but I just that there's no better way to start the episode than the no, I never screamed help us. No, it's a good one. Yeah, or I never said help us or whatever he says. Yeah. It's just it's that was so unexpected to me that I lost my shit when I saw that happen. It was such an over the top scream that it it killed me. I was dying laughing on the couch at like midnight watching this. Absolutely. But I would say the part that made me realize that this movie's going to be just ridiculous and over the top and I'm going to love every second of it is definitely in the gas station uh or is it a gas station that they're in or is it like a bar? Um you talking at the beginning, right at the or? right at the very beginning where the shootout happens? Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a gas station. Yeah, it's a gas station, but it has like a bar in there for some reason. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a bunch of liquor bottles behind. Yeah. Behind so the yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the part that made me realize I was gonna love how over the top this was was the fact that George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino use a toilet paper Molotov. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he is like on the th- on the count of 3 uh fire your gun or whatever he says and he makes yeah. a toilet paper molotov and he throws it behind the bar and it burns the bartender that they're having the shootout with. Right. Burns the dude with it with alcohol and it's popping popcorn that has fallen on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, this is going to be incredible. That is so dumb. And I love every second of it. So, right from the get go, because I didn't know what to expect. Because as soon as the movie got going, and there's that sheriff or whatever right at the beginning where you can't yeah. understand anything that he's saying, is like, oh, girl, I got a shitter. I'm like, what is happening? And then George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino walk out and obviously the classic line happens and the shootout just goes 
insane. And Quentin Tarantino just had great line after great line at the start. And the thing was that Quentin Tarantino was making me laugh and I thought it was just going to be like a laugh out loud role. But he does some fucked up shit in this movie. And then I felt like I looked back. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny or is that because it I mean, later on, I figured it out that it is supposed to be funny, but it's supposed to be like really dark humor. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like it so caught me off guard, the the changes in tone that happened throughout the movie. Yeah, because when when you're uh, when you're watching when you're watching that opening scene, like it's it's very tense um, and you're concerned for everybody that's involved you're hoping they're going to make it out or whatever and then it just becomes okay you want Cooney and uh, Tarantino to make it out and when they come out and you know there's that typical like explosion behind them yep that is a that is an action movie explosion if I've ever seen one exactly and the coolest thing about that uh is kind of kind of i would compare it to the scene from the dark knight where it doesn't even phase them <laughs> that's like, funny they, yeah when the joker blows up the it, hospital it, and walks it, away yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true it, they're just it, having a casual conversation while this burning building is right behind them yeah they're walking out and clooney's just bitching it uh, Tarantino yeah. and just being like, dude, what the fuck's your problem? Like, yeah, their relationship and, was really funny. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and the, the relationship between them two, uh, especially when it comes to him, uh, leaving Richie with, with the hostage, uh, that's, that's some damn good writing. Oh yeah, fantastic writing, but that's the scene I'm talking about where I was like, "Oh, good god, I did not expect how dark that went." Right. But then you make but then you they make you like George Clooney more in that scene because he's like, "Look, I'm a criminal and I I do what I want, but there's still a line that I don't cross." Yeah, and it, it's <sighs> They do a good job of making him kind of a likable character. Yeah, it's like he's an uh, asshole, but you even kind of love asshole, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, so yeah. yeah, it's very it's very well written. Honestly, um, there's after you get past the some of the heavy scenes afterwards and throughout the movie, not just one heavy one heavy scene. You get past a heavy kind of dark or sad scene and then all of a sudden it's just laugh out loud joke after laugh out loud joke. Yeah. 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 And and that's what I was going to say. Like it, it, it's really two different movies and, yeah. and I wish, I wish that you could have seen it the way that I kind of saw it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to touch on that and I forgot to earlier what is your history with this movie? Because I know by this point, 96, you would have been like, what, like 10 to 12 or something like that? 
96. Yeah, I would have been uh, 10 years old. Okay, so you did you see this in theaters or did you see it later on? Um, no, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it maybe three years later. Okay, so right when you were getting into like your your teen years? Right, but still at that point, I didn't know what it was. Um, I, I had seen, at that point, I had seen Pulp Fiction and uh still didn't really appreciate pulp fiction at the time just because of my age i was just like i i, I don't get this um, <laughs> fair enough uh but i it, you know it, as i got older and you made, you made more, up for it though now because now you love quentin tarantino movies oh yeah yeah i love love tarantino I have to um, say, we're talking about writer-directors, quick side note. So I'm watching this, and I'm hearing the dialogue and the, the jokes and the wit that's coming out of these characters. This movie had to have inspired Rob Zombie's filmmaking in some way, right? Um, I think I think that Zombie was uh, probably... I wouldn't say he was influenced uh, by Tarantino. I would say he was a fan mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities between their movies as far as, uh, you know, keeping some humor. Yeah. And in, I, and I don't mean like influence, like, a, like Rob Zombie's movies are a ripoff or something. Cause no, they're, no, cause they're very different films, but there's, absolutely. there's points where I'm watching this and I, I feel like I'm watching some of the funniest parts of devil's rejects. Well, yeah, it's just it's just the witty dialogue that they're that they're very good at. Yeah, uh, Tarantino and Zo- and Zombie as well. Um, For sure, Zombies, Rob Zombie's awesome at that as well. Yeah, Zombies is a little more basic. Um, just you know, watching uh, Devil's Rejects and the Tutti Fucking Fruity, Tutti Fucking Fruity. Yep. Yeah, that kind of thing. And um, Tarantino kind of does the same thing, but he's got more of an edge to it or or has uh, it's a little more witty. It's not as juvenile, Um, but I I like the juvenile shit that Zombie does. Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Rob Zombie's movies have some great jokes in them. Yeah, but it's 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 good because I I like hearing those jokes or you know kind of splitting things up just with a little second of lightheartedness, uh, even though the situation is terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so when you watch this at at like. So you would have been about 13. Did you love it right away? Or were you thrown off by the fact that it was like supposedly a vampire movie, but there were no vampires until like an hour in? Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, like at the time uh, when it was when it was advertised. And again, I saw it a couple of years later. 
Um, I remember like my brother and his friends talking about it. I had no idea that it was like a vampire movie. So See, I, I wish I would have had that type of experience because I would have loved to have been watching this at a younger age or in the theater or something yeah, and, and having that reveal that it's a vampire movie. Right. But that's the thing that I like about the first half is that knowing, even though I know, even though I knew going in that it was a vampire movie, it never bored me with the fact that the vampires weren't there until much later. And yeah, then when, and when they're there, it just like, it amps it up. And I know I said, I, I actually kind of prefer the first half of the movie but I only say that just because both halves are great, but the first half, I just kind of, you spend so much time just listening to that witty dialogue. Yeah. And for me, that's like my favorite part of the movie is just the one-liners. Even when they get to the, even when they get to the bar, um, where the, the vampires are, but the vampires haven't revealed themselves yet. And the, um, the pastor dad is like, um, scolding George Clooney about like being yeah, an asshole. You, yeah. Do you not know when you have one? Yeah. And then George <laughs> yeah. Clooney like looks all impressed and he's like, I want you to have a drink with me. I'm not taking no for an answer. It's like, <laughs> it's yeah. like what? So yeah, it's such a, it's such a smart movie and it's just, again, it's just a lot of fun and it flies by. I was like, so I put this on at about, 11 o'clock or something like that because I wanted to get it done because initially we were going to record this a little earlier um so I wanted to get this done and I was like oh man it's like 11 o'clock I'm going to be so tired and might be falling asleep in the movie um just because of the time not necessarily because I thought it was going to be bad but I didn't my eyes were wide I was wide awake throughout this whole thing and just loving every second of it. And when Sex Machine finally s- shows up, I mean, the dick and balls gun, <laughs> like, yeah. that was just amazing. Which, again, you need to watch Desperado and you'll see yes. the dick and balls gun again. Um, awesome. But yeah, no, there, there's so many, um, there's so many good, like, witty lines in there. Like, um, I was telling you the other day, you know, all right, hard drinkers, let's drink hard. <laughs> all right. Yep. All right. All right. Ramblers. Let's get rambling. Uh, yeah. My, yeah. one of my favorites, I think I'm paraphrasing cause it's been a couple weeks since I've watched it, but it's something to the effect of after they've killed a bunch of the vampires, the band is still playing music on stage yeah. and the band is full of vampires now. And they're like, let's kill that fucking band. Or something like that. And uh, that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that cracked me up. And then the fact that before the band just like explodes, <laughs> they're like, fuck you, everybody. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that needs to be on a, on a t-shirt or something. Yeah. And, and I just can't imagine. Um, Cause I think it was, I, I think it was released by Miramax, which Miramax was doing a lot of weird shit at the time. Um, you know, they were doing the Jay and Silent Bob movies, uh, and just a bunch of just off the wall kind of shit. And so, 
like after after seeing it not when I saw it initially, but like <clears throat> seeing it grown, I'm just like who greenlit this fucking movie? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's definitely a product of the nineties for sure. Right. And, and and it's amazing and I'm I'm glad that whoever whoever was sitting at the table when they're pitching it, it was like, Yeah, let's do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that was done, but you know, oh, great. we're gonna get we're gonna get an amber alert coming through my phone now as you were talking because it's warning me about the weather outside. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> Perfect atmosphere for recording a horror podcast while it's windy and rainy and lightning and thundering all day. Exactly. Uh, whatever, but um, yeah, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of a movie that juggles so many tones and blends two different types of movies together and actually pulls it off because there's a lot of there's a lot of horror movies out there where you're it's a bit of a slow burn in the beginning and then it tries to go off the rails like this one does and they fail at it or or when you're just watching a preview for it like you're just like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, like, absolutely. They give away everything right from the get-go. Yeah, it's going to be a slasher, or it's going to be a creature, or it's going to be, you know, this or that. Like, you, even if you don't know a hundred percent what it's going to be, you have an idea. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this movie, or not even just touch on it, but I'm sure we're going to do a full episode on this movie at some point, but a movie in recent memory that did that so well where you're watching it in the beginning and you think it's going to be one thing and it flips it, flips it on its head and becomes something else entirely was the masterpiece that is Us from Jordan Peele. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Us, you watch almost, much like this one, almost a full hour or at least 40 minutes or so before the movie starts to show its hand at what's really going on. Oh yeah. You're halfway through the movie. And then, um, even when you're halfway through, they, they only give you halfway through. (laughs) Yeah. you, You get half of the story. You don't get the full, you don't get the full barrage yet. And it's not till the end where they, you know, lay it all out for you. Yep, absolutely. Um, but it is one of those that uh, I agree with that, like you don't know, you know, a long way in what you're looking at. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, we've we've touched on it a little bit, but I have a note in my phone from when I was watching it that says them some creepy ass vampires. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the vampires in this movie are awesome. And we touched yeah. on, we touched on this before um and you told me that that Tom Savini definitely had a hand in in the the practicals for the vampires. Oh um, yeah, which did, you yeah. if you've heard he, our practical effects episode, you heard us touch on from dust till dawn. And you know the only thing that takes me out for just a split second is the shoddy CGI where they are transitioning to vampires. 
But after that, yeah, I mean, it's that. like it's yeah, like you said that. Yeah, it's like half a second though. Yeah, once you get past the the iffy CGI, the vampires look so good in this movie. Yeah, um, and and going back to the the practical stuff, um, there's something about the practicals where everything looks freaking slimy <laughs> oh yeah that's my favorite type of practical effects is the gooey yeah, ones it, it just looks gooey and gross and especially <laughs> um when they're when they're walking around they've they've downed most of them and they're just trying to make sure that they're dead and they're yep. <laughs> sticking the table legs into them and everything and it's just coming out like straight goo yeah and you're just like ah uh <laughs> And and there's there's no way you can do that. There's no way you can do that CGI and and have it look yeah like that. Yeah, that was some Buffy the Vampire Slayer moments right there, which I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But yeah, you know, we all know CGI from the '90s was uh, was slightly questionable, it but it yeah. gives it yeah, it gives it a certain charm to it, and all the more reason why it's definitely. A product of its time and uh as you were talking about after they've downed a lot of the vampires uh one of my favorite other moments is when one character is like okay what can we use to kill vampires um crosses and he's like okay just put these two these two things together and you got plenty of them and he holds up a shotgun and a stake together yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one got me pretty good yeah and it's the preacher that does it um and uh, the the other favorite moment for me too is there's one vampire that like keeps trying to get up, and his heart is like laying out on the outside. Yeah, and dude just <laughs> takes a pencil and hits it. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was and awesome. Like, yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that moment was great. This movie's just so much fun from start to finish. And another thing I, I noted here, um, and I can't quite remember like exactly what type of music it was, but I wrote that the soundtrack was awesome. Um, well, for me, um, especially, and I, I don't even know who the, uh, the, the band or the musician is, but, uh, at the end, that dark night. Yep. Dark night. Yeah, I think I think that's why I had some flashbacks to Devil's Rejects is because I think of like, you know, kind of like a almost like a desert type setting or um, yeah. like a really southern or midwestern setting. And then they have like old timey southern rock music playing. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I was like, I wonder if this inspired uh, Rob Zombie's um, style of filmmaking, at least in his in his early films. It's definitely up his alley. I mean, um, with I mean, obviously, his films tend to be more serious, but he yeah. definitely uh, like throws in a good soundtrack i mean uh freebird we were and we were talking about <laughs> yep. this the other night yep one of the best endings to uh to a horror movie or movie ever yeah 
Um, I mean, Freebird for me, I, I, I've known Freebird for a long time. Um, because my, my mom and her brother were total hippies and loved Leonard Skinner. So I knew, <laughs> I, I knew Freebird front to back. Yeah, um, I remember you asked me if that's where I knew the song from was Devil's Rejects. <laughs> and, and I showed my age yeah. a little bit and how much younger I am. And I said, no, I had not seen Devil's Rejects. I found Freebird because of Guitar Hero 2. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, and then same thing with uh, uh, Midnight Rider, uh, Bob Seger, Midnight yep, Rider. Yep. Uh, so the big beginning of Devil's Rejects. Um, oh, such a great, such a great movie all around. But great ending, great opening. Honest, like all around Devil's Rejects. Man, what a what a movie. And I think I asked you this before and I'm sure this will come up again, but difficult if you have to choose only one to watch between devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses. It's yeah. See now we went back to this or that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked that that didn't come up in the, this or that one. Cause that's a tough one. They're so different, but very similar at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's a very it's a very cool thing that he can take the characters from the first one and put them into the second one, and you kind of have a completely different feeling about them. Um, yeah, absolutely. You actually kind of feel you, for them with their plight in the second uh, one, which is kind of yeah, messed up. And, but yeah, and, yeah, and I I said that since I saw the devil's rejects for the first time. Yeah. They become like, like, they become like anti-heroes. Right. It, it's, it's like you're rooting for them. Like you're like, yeah, let them get away. Let them get away. Um, even though like, you know, all of the atrocities and all the people that killed and dismembered and <laughs> yeah, like, and, and well, and even like throughout, throughout the devil's rejects, like just watching them, uh, torture people and cut I mean, their the fact that off. the fact that Bill Mosley, um, Otis wakes up <laughs> just with a, with a dead girl next to him in the, in the bed. And he's like cuddling her. Like it's a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That <laughs> cracks me up every time. Well, well that's, what, that's I mean, what I'm saying. It's like, you know, not to go on a huge tangent with Rob Zombie, but that's what I like about this movie is that it's dark, but there's enough of the breaking of the tension that it's enjoyable still. Like there's some movies that they'll go super dark and like kind of fucked up and it becomes less enjoyable because of it this one right. it isn't really a horror comedy but they throw in just enough of the humor that like it's got an emotional weight to it as it goes on but you also yeah. are laughing at what's going on yeah well and i mean it it the way the way that it's presented is just it's like how can you how can you not laugh at it and at the same time 
you feel uncomfortable yeah. for laughing at it. <laughs> right. But also, I mean, Dust Till Dawn obviously is is much lighter. Oh, uh, for sure, yeah. But you you are rooting for the characters uh and and watching them uh, I think we talked about the other day, like just the ridiculous weapons, like his <laughs> his stake that's uh, built out of the jackhammer. <laughs> yes, I was like, uh, yeah. I was watching that, being like, why is it moving so slow? <laughs> like, it's gonna take forever to kill a vampire with that. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, using the super soaker with. Uh, the holy super water. Sucker, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yep. Holy water. Yeah. And then, you know, just watching all of that, you're just like, uh, it's, it's so good, but it's, it's so funny at the same time. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this movie's a good time. Um, I'm, like I said, I, I wish I had seen it before I met Tom Savini, but. I I appreciate that I have met him now and then got to watch it afterwards also because it's like it's like I've met that guy and he's he's awesome in here so he's got such a small part but he like steals the whole show because he's just a badass. Yeah, he is. Um, and uh, probably my favorite part is the the hand coming up over his shoulder or when he realizes that he's turning. Yep. <laughs> like his, his teeth start growing and he's like, what? what? Uh, yeah, then, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and then the hand comes up and everything. Like He he does a good job of like kind of goofing that part up. Um, yeah, not far off from like a, like a Bruce Campbell type very, role. Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, no, um, from Dust Till Dawn, man, awesome, awesome pick. I'm so glad I finally, finally watched it. Yeah, and that's um, that's one of those, uh, you know, we talked about on um, one of the last episodes, just like, um, do you want to watch something where you just want to have a good time? Or, you know, are, are you wanting to get scared? And that's one of those where it's just like, you know, let me throw something in and just have a good time with it. Yeah, let me, let me like host a party and then throw on from dusk till dawn. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, it's a good you know, choice because it's just it's hilarious and it's good and um, I mean, I'll watch Salma Hayek dance around with Snake all day. Um. <laughs> Most strangely beautiful sight I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's what it was meant to be. <laughs> yep, there's again, there's that mixture of. Uh, of tones right there but yeah jason this was uh this was a good one i'm glad i finally finally watched this do we have any uh closing thoughts on this before we wrap this one up um no i don't think so anyone that hasn't seen dust till dawn please go watch it because absolutely coming from someone who just saw it for the first time a few weeks back absolutely watch it yeah definitely is a must watch I guess it'd be more than a few weeks back by the time you're hearing this uh, to our audience. It'd be more like uh, <laughs> more like six weeks, I guess. Yep. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, dude, this was this was a fun one, and uh, 
next time around we do when we do a movie review it'll be uh something that that i got you to watch uh i'm not entirely sure which one yet um i think i know which i think i know which one i want to do first and it's going to be a fairly recent horror movie but it's one that i know has polarized audiences in the horror world um but you also like stuff that is kind of off the wall and a little bit crazy, um, like we just talked about with this one. So I think you're going to have a good time with what I think my my first movie pick is going to be. Of course. Um, and we always have to give a shout out to Josh Bisham Music um, for our theme song. You can find him. You can find him at Josh Mitchell Music on Facebook. Well, cool, man. This was fun. Thank you guys for uh, for tuning in to episode six of the Midnight Terrors podcast. We are having a total blast doing this show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram, and it's Midnight Terrors podcast. You can send us a direct message on either of those, and you can weigh in on our episodes. And tell us what you think about From Dust Till Dawn or any other any other subjects we've touched on on the podcast. Or you can send us recommendations for movies or topics that you want to hear us uh, discuss here on Midnight Terrors. And who knows, uh, if we like you enough, you might be a guest on the show to talk about whatever you send us. Yeah, please do chime in. We want to we want to hear uh, what you guys would like to hear about. Um, and again, this is uh, we've been doing movies and uh, genres and stuff like that. But um, this is all uh, horror. So, you know, yeah, we're planning out far in advance, too, because we're as we're recording this, it's the middle of July. So by the time this is coming out, we're really not that far off from from October Halloween season and I'm sure we'll have plenty of fun stuff coming up this fall but we're just here to celebrate all things horror year round every week a new show comes out on Sunday and uh yeah who am I kidding if you if you are checking us out or you are a horror fan in general we already like you plenty we love you and we definitely would like to talk to you on our show so definitely get in touch with us and uh like like we said um, in a previous episode, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave us a review. You know, as we're we're kind of new to the podcasting game, um, and we want to know what you guys think of the show. You know, is there things we can do better? Um, do you have ideas that you want to hear us talk about, or just in general, we want to know your thoughts on on the show and. We want to interact with all of you and uh, just chat horror with you guys. So leave us a review, uh, spread the word. That helps us a ton. And yeah, we appreciate you guys. This is episode six of the Midnight Terrors podcast. Wait, what's it called again? Midnight Terrors podcast. Midnight Terrors. Yes, that is the proper way to say it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, all right, just making sure. Yeah, like Monster Mash style, basically. <laughs> is, it, is it Monster Mash style? Okay. I'll I don't know. That. I'm just going to go with it. Go with that because okay. that's what it sounds like to me. So, Well, thanks, you guys, for listening and give us some more feedback on Midnight Terrors. <laughs> you sounded like an old man trying <laughs> to 
trying to go up the stairs. <laughs> and, like bad. you threw your back out and you're trying to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me right now, so that's pretty much how I feel. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. We will see you all next week.